You're listening to the Unfree Parents Podcast, episode 036. You are seen to chat about life, family, and of course, Umphrey's McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Dehemiak, writer, journalist, author, first solo female podcast host in the jam music scene, mom of three, wife, and total Umphrey. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the podcast. Before we get into it, I want to apologize for my voice, my throat. Um, yeah, I kind of got this little cold thing going on, so I'm going to try my best not to have scratchy, sick-sounding uh, voice while I am talking to all of you. If you did not get a chance to check out last week's show, which features a recap of the two nights the band played in Milwaukee, January 25th and 26th, I will link that episode in the show notes so that you can check it out if you have not. Also, I have some awesome news. My husband and I just finalized the details for our impromptu trip to Brooklyn for the shows February 14th, 15th, and 16th. So, so, so excited that we're able to pull this one together so quickly. My husband's 50th show is on the 15th, and the 16th is his birthday. So, and of course, Valentine's Day is the 14th. So, it's going to be a very, very awesome weekend. I've never been to Brooklyn, never been to this uh, venue either. So, lots of new things. Get to explore the city, all of that. I'm hoping to meet some of you there. And I will be repping the show at least one night with my podcast shirt. So if you see me, please stop and say hey. Before we get into this week's episode, which we will cover the little Northeast run that included a stop in Connecticut, Albany, New York, which I was lucky to have caught. It's always a little sketchy trying to get to winter tour up here in the Northeast. And this time was no exception. My kids actually had three snow days in a row, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of that week, and thank God for this show. It was so cold uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that week, and even Friday when we left, you know, we'd gotten all this snow, so, I mean, if you are a parent, and you, I mean, you know, three days of snow days with two kids in the house, Thank God we were going to Albany that Friday night to get away because it was just a lot. Um, But yeah, we're going to be talking about that Albany show and also the Portland show as well. I did want to mention before we get into everything that I received an email from a listener named Keith. Um, Also, if you guys ever hear me talk about something on the show that you have more information about, um, about gear or a specific show I'm talking about, or if you want to share like a story of something that happened, please do reach out to the show. How you can do that is in the show notes. I love hearing your stories, um, of things that happened at shows. I love learning more about the history, uh, you know, Anything more that I can learn about Humphreys, I'm all about. So please uh, reach out if you if you feel that you want to. I totally love it and encourage it. So anyway, Keith writes into the show in regard to the guitar that Jake was using during Wizard Burial Ground night two of the Cincinnati run on January 19th. Keith writes, Hey there, first time listening to your pod, really enjoying it. Thank you so much for your kind words, Keith. I love that. I was at that show and actually called Wizard Burial Ground being played when that was brought out to him. I don't know anything about his guitar specifically, but I do have some background on that type of guitar. Here's what I know slash theorize about why he used it. I think it's a Gibson Explorer. Might not be a Gibson, but it is an Explorer. It has two humbucker pickups as opposed to the single coil and humbucker pickups that are on Jake's GNLs. 
I've never seen Jake play dual humbuckers before, but that style fits in with Wizard Burial Ground. James Hetfield of Metallica primarily plays on an explorer, but always plays a dual humbucker. The attack and tone that you get from that serves heavy distortion very well, and being at the show, you could really hear every note that Jake played punch you in the face. I love that description, too, because I totally feel that way when he's playing sometimes. It's just so aggressive and just like, oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) It truly was incredible. The heavy tone he was getting was amazing. And thank you so much, Keith, because then he actually also linked some information um, about the Gibson Explorer guitar, and I will throw that in the show notes so you can check it out as well. And... So then I went through, you know, I clicked the the link that he sent and I started reading all this other stuff and it was very cool to sort of then go down this rabbit hole of just all this information about this guitar, which I just love. I nerd out about it. It's, it's so awesome. And this was some awesome information. So thank you so much to Keith, seriously, for reaching out and... Uh, you know, telling me that. That was so awesome. I really would love to see that guitar again make an appearance in, in some way. That was very, very awesome. And like I said before, you know, if you've got any sort of information like that, please reach out. I would love to know and then, you know, pass it along to the other listeners. I wanted to quick squeeze this information in here some non-um-related shows coming up for the guys in the band, if you did not know. And all of the information about these shows will be linked in the show notes so you can get some more information. Chris Myers will be holding a drum clinic February 20th at Sweetwater Sound in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The band plays the 21st in the same city. The Omega Moos announced that they will be playing an Umphreys McGee after show February 22nd in Detroit, Michigan at the Magic Stick. Joel is playing a solo show on February 24th at the Tonic Room in Chicago. And he will also be playing a solo show June 19th at Ophelia's in Denver, benefiting Art That Feeds as well as the Jerry and Susan Cummins Educational Scholarship fund and that is before the Red Rocks run in June and as if Joel was not busy enough doing the parent husband busy rock star thing he is also now an author working with Matt DeCourcy hope you said I said your name right to bring you the realist guide to a successful music career This book includes conversations with artists and other music industry folks. So if you are interested in having a successful music career, I suggest you picking this one up when it comes out this summer. All right, let's dive into this week's episode. On January 31st, the band played in New Haven, Connecticut at the College Street Music Hall. They've played a total of four times at this venue, including the show we're talking about now. They also played in 2018, 2017, and 2016. They have played in New Haven, however, a total of eight times, and the state of Connecticut, 22 times. The first time was way back in 2000 on March 25th at Jimmy Seaside in Stamford. A random interesting fact about this show It does not contain any covers at all. I'm not sure of the ratio of how often that happens, but yes, this show only uh, featured original tunes, and it's funny, I did not even realize that until that was pointed out to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, wow, that's very interesting. (laughs) So, this first set opens with Half Delayed. Then Slacker, that drops into improv early on, only about three minutes in, and continues on its adventures, starting to begin heading back into the song a little bit after nine minutes, slowly creeping its way back in, finally seeing the full light of Slacker again a little after 11 minutes, and then this fearless and gigantic solo by Bayless at the end of the song. Educated Guest coming up next, one that 
I enjoy the studio version of this, but it just does not do it for me live. I feel like they kind of speed it up a little bit. I don't know, maybe maybe it's just me, but that's kind of how I feel. I feel like they just, you know, up the tempo a little bit. Um, but it's still a great song. I I mean, I do. I love the studio version. Um, then an almost 26-minute DBK that, for me listening at home, was certainly a highlight of the, this show. This personal Hall of Fame 2019 contender is quite the beast. This one begins its jam adventure early on, a little before five minutes in, and begins to gain some speed, marches back into the song for a little bit, and decides to head on a different path a little after eight minutes in, starts out kind of creepy and slinking along, tumbling around, trying to find its comfortable spot, continues to chug along, and then begins to break through about 12 minutes in and quickly jumping back into DBK. And again, this beautiful Bela solo here. Then heading into yet another chapter of this jam, this whole thing that begins here at about 1550 in and continues to dance along this just beautiful little tune. I love that. You know, from that 1550 till about 21 in, right in there. I just love that. Then it starts to get, you know, grimy a little bit, and then switches gears and gets really aggressive and more full of authority and slams right into the conclusion of DBK it's just, it was just wow. I mean, there were points on this that, you know, I'll have the shows on when I'm cooking dinner, or, you know, whatever, just kind of doing anything around the house. And I'm listening to this and I'm just like, wow, this is still this same amazing DBK that started over 20 minutes ago. I just, you definitely should give this a listen. DBK by itself is just quite the jam adventure. I'm not sure how often uh, DBK is a standalone. If you know, please tell me because I would like to know. I mean, a lot of times, you know, they do make it into a sandwich, stick something else in there, come back to it later, whatever. But this, I... I just, I really like it when it's in just its entirety and they just give you this one big healthy helping of DBK. I love it. And I would love to watch a video of this because there is no doubt about how amazing that was to watch. I mean, obviously listening to it, I'm thinking about it in my head, but uh, I'm sure that it was, I'm sure that it was very, very cool. Um... An oddly placed You and You Alone, um, although it was a shout-out, I feel it was like an odd place to stick that, especially after that Monster DBK, but still a beautiful song. I love hearing it. I would listen to Bayless sing it all the time. Um, and Party and Peeps, that was actually crossed off the set list both nights of Milwaukee, finally making it, its appearance here to close out the first set. I love Peeps. You can never go wrong with Peeps. It's just, it's such a great jam adventure. And they always jam the middle part of it out. And, you know, that's always a fun tune, too. This entire second set is full of lots of power. Opening with Robot World that starts to get real dark about four minutes into its life. Very ominous. Almost like creeping through a dark swamp, like waiting for some creature to come out and get you. Very eerie movie sounding. This one continues to grow and expand, becoming this huge and intimidating jam monster, having a very tool vibe to this jam, exploding into its full power 
one more time before slowing this train down a little before 11 and a half. And you can hear them beginning to stumble into mail package, eventually going all the way into the tune. Joel starting off the jam, and then Brendan comes in, giving it its legs and setting it off to allow Andy and Chris to come and pick it up, letting it dance around for a little bit. Starts to get real funky underneath, thanks to Stasic, and saunders back into mail package. Then they take the tail end of this out with a huge old-fashioned rock and roll shred fest. This one was, you know, I I just, I, I love that song. <laughs> like, the more that I just, like, listen to it, I just love it. And, you know, that, that little jam in, in the middle of it, I really enjoy that. Miami Virtue, next. A song that at the beginning kind of seems like an odd choice of placement, especially after these first two songs of the second set. But the jam in this one starts to take off about five minutes in. And in that moment, it shows that it really does belong very nicely, actually, in in this set. This is another song that people may not like the beginning of it. You know, I was kind of unsure uh, when this song first came out. Um, but my kids like it, so it's gotten me into it more. But the jams that come out of this are just, I mean, beautiful. This one is certainly no exception. Growing into this hopeful and spirited, soaring, uplifting jam that has this, I don't know, like, I can feel it from just listening to it, this energy that's coming from it. And they allow this one to float down let it dance and whimsically sway around before heading into Higgins. And while this one is not a giant like the recent Higgins we have seen, um, like the one at Holidays, as well as during the New Year's Eve run on Night One and also on Jam Cruise earlier this year, I mean, in no way is it a lacking Higgins at all because... It never is. Just in comparison to the recent ones played, this one is a little um, little more uh, laid back, I guess you could say, which is, is definitely not even the, uh, the right word. But I, I don't know. I guess, I guess you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Draconin, which I'm assuming I'm still saying this wrong. I will probably say it wrong every single time for the rest of my life. But whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I did see a video someone took during this, uh, posted in one of the many groups that I'm in, of Jake at one point was playing with a drumstick. That was very, very cool. If I can link that video, I definitely will, so you can uh, see that if you have not. This one drops heavy into improv about five minutes in, sending this one into a dance party for a couple of minutes before pivoting and growing some balls to stomp along before the ending of the song with the beautiful, meaningful lyrics from Bayless begin to see light. Jake breaking through the aggression of this jam, bursting it right open, and then, you know, Bayless comes in this wide open space with these beautiful, inspiring lyrics. And, I mean, if you've been listening to this pod for any length of time, you know how I feel about this song. I love the songs that have, you know, 15 minutes of this just insane jam odyssey. And then, you know, it just starts to break through kind of like the sun coming through clouds and... Then just these beautiful lyrics from Bayless that 90% of the time are something written out of my journal, you know. So I just love, I I just really love those types of songs. I know I've said that before, but for anybody that didn't know, that's how I feel. (laughs) Um, Closing out this second set with, I think, a very wonderfully placed den. 
I personally love when they close out the set and specifically like a show with this one and you know how they just ended and Joel's out there playing such a big fan of that and I just think that having Den as the end you know it's just a fun dance party and you know just the way that it just kind of cools out and it's just such a great way to end a show so much fun Closing out the evening totally with an encore of an always powerful Mulches, finding itself, taking a kind of eerie reggae path during its journey about five minutes in, just dancing around and allowing us to, I feel, just fully engulf ourselves in the mystery and beauty of this jam. It does begin to show its aggressive side again, slowly and continues to grow, you know, morphing more and more until finally exploding back into mulches to bring this evening in Connecticut to an end. And as always, I will link where you can listen to these shows as well as the set list, anything else that I may find for this show in the show notes so you can check it all out. Night two of this little Northeast run, Albany, New York, at the Palace Theater. They have only played at this venue a total of four times, including this show here. The last time was January 28th, 2017, during the Jakeless Northeast run that also included stops in New Haven, Connecticut, Portland, Maine, and Rochester, New York. I just mentioned this on a recent um, past episode about this show that I was at in Rochester. If I can remember, (laughs) I will find out which episode it was and link it in the show notes. I believe it was last week or the week before um, that I talked about this show. I'm very grateful to have caught one of those. Um, You know, it helped me see the band in a different, you know, capacity and it help me appreciate each band member, you know, in a different way because their sound was, was, you know, obviously different with Jake not being there. So you heard other members in different ways because they were playing in different spots and, you know, it was just really, really cool. And they had Joshua Redman there, um, on those shows. So It was very cool. I will actually link each of those shows in the show notes so you can listen to them because, you know, it is different and you'll hear different things for sure. So you definitely want to check those out. Anyway, uh, so happy to have been able to catch this show in Albany. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, it can be dicey trying to do any of winter tour um, in the Northeast where I live because of the weather. My kids actually had three snow days, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the Friday of the show because of, like, sub-zero temperatures. It was seriously like a high of 25 or some crazy shit, like, one day. And we had all this snow. Like, it was insane. And now I'm looking out the window while I'm recording this, and my lawn is, you know, completely green. All the snow is gone because it all warmed up. Like, it's just absolutely insane. But anyways, they had three snow days, so uh, beyond grateful for this show, I'll tell you. I'm a work-from-home mom, so having them uh, home those three days was was something else, that's for sure. Um, also, I've never seen Umphreys at the Palace. I've seen Mo there twice in 2007 and 2013 for their New Year's run in 2013. So it was very cool to check Umphreys out in that place. The Palace is a beautiful venue if you've never been there. You should definitely check it out. And of course, it was so awesome to see familiar faces and friends and finally meet some people that I've only had the pleasure of talking to online, even if it was for you know, a quick hug and a, hey, how are you? And it was very lovely to meet the very sweet Delaney Levine and see her parents, Dave and Beth. Dave, of course, you know, as Levine Photographers. Um, I did interview him in the past. I will link that episode in the show notes. And he chats about uh, being a dad and a photographer and 
all that sorts of awesome stuff. It was great to talk to him and great to see them too and meet Delaney. And she is the young lady, um, if you were at the show or have listened back to the show already, uh, you know that Bayless mentions that she made some requests for the evening. He says that she they are going to play all of them. They did not. She made a list of five, and they played four of them. Her lists included Eat, Domino Theory, Silent Type, Whistle Kids, and 1348. Them playing all except the Silent Type, obviously. And Beth, her mom, did tell me after the show that... Delaney met each of the guys, and she even called Bayless out for not playing the one song that was on her list. I love this girl. Seriously. She gets four out of five of her requests. I don't think that anyone has had that kind of record with requests, seriously. Like, ever. And she... She wanted all of them, and she asked, so I think that's hilarious. I would have loved to see his face when she called him out on that. Um, And Dave did get a really awesome photo of Delaney during the show. If you're on social media, you follow the show on Twitter, or you are a member of the parents group. Um, Actually, it's also the photo on the front page of the show's website, There's a picture of Delaney doing the Umphrey's fingers during the show, and it's just the cutest, awesomest photo ever. So please, I would love for you to check it out. It's, you know, the cover photo on our, on the show's Twitter. It's also on the website. You can find where to get that in the show notes, but definitely check it out. It's, it's just such a great photo and hell yeah, next generation of Umphreaks. This show opens with Domino Theory, which personally is one that I do not like lyrically, but the jams that come out of this are always exceptional. A great thing that they do with this, and I feel the same way that they do with Bright Lights, Big City, that I'm also not a big fan of that song either, but I absolutely love the jam that they're doing with that since August of 2018. So it's... It's one of those songs where, okay, maybe you're not a fan of the beginning of it or this part of it, but, you know, the jams that come out of it are always, always exceptional. Uh, Got Your Milk right here. Such a highlight for me. So excited for them to play this. I have been waiting to catch another one of these since 2014. It was actually a a quick write-in on the set list, and it comes in at less than five minutes. But I am not complaining. I will take all the milk that I can. Whistle Kids coming up next with Robert Robert Walter on keys with Joel, whose band Robert Walter's 20th Congress opened these three shows on the Northeast run that we're talking about here. But this is the only time that he does sit in with the band. The Lanier that really descends into improv a little before five minutes in, letting it go on its merry way for a little bit, but then setting it down about nine minutes in, allowing it to kind of levitate and sparkle a little, and then getting enough energy to go on a little bit before it comes down again and starts moving into white man's moccasins. Love that one too, you know, just the beginning the beginning notes of that one, it's just, it just gets you in this, like, special spot. I love it. Uh, Bayless checking in on Delaney, who, by the way, stayed up for the entire show, and her mom told me at that break when I went down there to see them, um, that <laughs> she was gonna get Domino's delivered to their, uh, hotel after, and she was super excited about that. And she totally, she totally made it. She stayed up the whole show and got her pizza after. So I think that's pretty badass. Um, Resolution that features a really beautiful Norwegian wood by the Beatles jam. First poking its head out only about two minutes in. Slowly and passionately building more and more before it fully blossoms and then heads back into the song. 
then diving right into its jam about four and a half in, giving a minute to build up some energy, deciding to go into this low down dance party to start. And at about 10 and a half in, we get a delicious taste of what Chris and Andy have to offer. And then dancing it back into the jam before deciding to slow it down and very romantically move into Upward. And of course, we all know the emotion of that song. I mean, it's Upward. Come on. (laughs) Um, Cheap Sunglasses by ZZ Top to close out the first set. The last time this one was covered was August 31st, 2018 in Austin, Texas. This one here features Vinny from Mo sitting in on drums. Vinny also sat in with the band the first time they played at the Palace Theater on February 21st, 2015. He replaced Chris on Phil's Farm during that show. I've not listened to that, and I'm definitely going to now. And I will link it in the show notes so that you can listen to that Phil's from 2015 as well. The dueling guitars in the ending of this, starting to take shape really about four minutes in, continues on for the next minute or so. And this is one of those moments where I just stand there and watch it and just like absorb it as much as I possibly can. Just get it in there, you know, the memory of it and just like sear it into my brain. My favorite when the two of them are feeding off of each other like this. And something I thought that was interesting, which I'm sure if there are musicians listening, um, this is, you're going to be like, oh, obviously. But for me personally, um, I think it's very cool that I can tell the difference with Vinny drumming here. Um, I have not listened to that fills, like I mentioned, I'm going to, to see if, you know, I can definitely hear the difference in that too. So I don't know if it's, you know, this song particularly because I can tell um, the difference, but I have a feeling that if Chris was the one drumming on this, he's just, he's just more of a beast in the way that he drums anyways. Vinny is more of a laid back drummer. Um, So, I mean, I can tell the difference and I think that it's very cool that I can do that now. So, The second set opens with Miss Tinkles. This is quite ominous and a feeling of just being very heavy-handed, arrogant almost, aggressive, and very matter-of-fact with her direction and goal with this jam. Coming out of the trance and going back into the song about nine minutes, this Tinkles, I feel, was kind of a baby coming in at like, almost 11 minutes, I feel that it, you know, while it was still, you know, very awesome, it was, you know, a heavy version, like I said, it's definitely not the monster Miss Tinkles that we have seen in the past, but, you know, not not all of them can be like that. Summer Camp 2009 is the one that has stuck out to me personally over the years, That was the first year that they played the stage that they play on regularly at summer camp now. I can never remember all the names of the stages, but that was the first year they play. They played on on the stage that they play now. And, you know, they had fireworks going off during the end of Miss Tinkles and everything. It was just absolutely amazing. And every time I hear this song, I go back to that moment you know like I just think about standing in the field and watching this song it was so cool um I will definitely link that in the show notes and if I find any video of it either I definitely link that too because it was very very cool while it's worth coming up next this one I called at the very beginning but then I totally second-guessed myself because of the way that it started with Ryan was different um There was more of a romantic kind of Beatles magical mystery tour era kind of thing coming from Joel and then Ryan coming in with his bass. I loved this ending with Joel and, you know, the organ. And when you listen back, you're going to know exactly what I mean. But I loved that. I loved that buildup 
And then, you know, having Ryan coming in with the bass and then going into the song, I really liked the the intensity that that brought to the beginning of that. Uh, Waiting Room by Fungazi. Next, dedicated to the girl up front, Joel Side, who was wearing this fur jacket with lights on it. And all I could think about, like, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I would not wear anything like that, but I thought it was pretty cool. But all I could think about was how hot she probably was. <laughs> like, down in everybody, you know, is warm anyways. And then you have this jacket on. Like, I understand it was cold outside, but it was not cold inside. I just, kudos to her for wearing that that whole night because I would have been warm as hell. And Ryan, if you were at this show, you know what I'm talking about. Ryan is the one to watch during the cover of this. They've done it a total of 81 times, including this one here. Last time was May 18th, 2018. I've caught this cover one other time, again, at that Jake List show in 2017. I'm really hoping that Dave Levine got some photos of Ryan during this, because watching him play the bass during this, and, you know, he just channels, you know, somebody completely different when... They play this, and it's it's so cool. I really, really hope he got at least one photo because it'd be very cool. The 1348 sandwich that comes up next that contains Eat, Maybe Someday, and The Floor inside of its meaty, delicious center is, for me personally, the highlight of the entire show. Starting with this outer layer 1348 with Stasic just getting absolutely filthy about eight minutes in and just leading this jam right along, keeping it funky as hell the entire time. It does come down for a bit, but then goes back up to gain some balls to go into eat. Love this so much. <laughs> but this one does not contain the jam, and it only comes in at about five and a half minutes. But I'm not complaining. I am not disappointed. I will take eat any way that I can get it. I feel the same way with that milk that happened earlier in the show. Even if it's a few minutes, I will be grateful for it. Although, I mean, I will admit I was a little disappointed because I love the part where Jake is channeling his inner cookie monster. But I will take what we can get. <laughs> Maybe Someday coming up next, which I totally enjoyed inside this delicious meaty sandwich. I love watching them play with this song more and more, you know, getting more comfortable with it and seeing where it can go. The jam that starts to lift off very early in this song sounds like something out of Top Gun, honestly, to start. Oh, excuse me, then gets up very, very sneaky into a spy movie vibe to it and then just descends on this eclectic jam that starts out super powerful but does eventually come down to cool itself for a little bit but then revs back up to continue on with that powerfulness and then you can start to hear maybe someday slowly creeping back in about eight minutes, coming back in fully to the song, and then they send it on its whimsical merry way, taking it into the end of this song. I love, I, I love this whole song anyways, but the ending part of this you know, before they rev it up and go into, like, the, the little, like, whimsical, sweet sort of dancey, like, seshing part of it before it revs up and goes into the into the end. The whole part of that, like, that whole section, I think is maybe why I like the song so much. Like, I just love that section so much. The floor, the final layer of this deliciousness there is never a bad placement for this tune, I feel. Then they take the end of that and stomp it right back into the end of 1348 to close out the second set. 
And I will say, very nice choices, Delaney. You did very, very well with your list. Very, very awesome. Encore was a dedication to Chris Mitchell, a short little puppet string coming in totally at about eight minutes, not including the little four-minute soul food one nestled nicely in there. No complaints, of course. I love that song so much. So, you know, you cannot go wrong with a little soul food mixed in there either. And, of course, all the information about this show and where you can listen to it and all of that will be in the show notes so you can check it all out. That brings us to night three of this little Northeast run, this stop in Portland, Maine on Friday, February 2nd at the State Theater. This being the last show that the band would play for about 11 days. The next time they play will be February 14th at Brooklyn Steel. The State Theater has been home to seven Umphrey shows, including this one. They have not played there since January 27th, 2017, Again, during that little Jakeless run in the Northeast that is linked in the show notes. They have played in the state of Maine 10 times, and it was not that long ago their first show in Maine was uh, August 9th, 2008. So they've only been playing um, in that state for about 11 years, and they haven't played every single year. So definitely a new state that they've been hitting up. This show opens with Cemetery Walk. Then we get this syncopated stranger that I have been so excited about getting to the point of the show where I get to talk about this. I've honestly listened to this probably 15 times at this point, maybe even more. I don't know. I have no idea what it is about this version. And besides the... You know, the Fleetwood Mac tease and jam in here because I love Fleetwood Mac. I love Stevie Nicks. So putting that aside, the jam in here and every single note of this is just absolutely delicious. And I've said it before, you can never go wrong with a syncopated. And this version totally proved that theory 100%. If you have not listened to this, please do. Please do. There is no doubt that this is on my Hall of Fame list for 2019, and I'm going to be pretty snobby with any other syncopated that they play uh, this year here on out in comparison to this one, honestly. I feel like if I was sitting in the room when you're talking about this, like I could spend 45 minutes talking about this. I won't, but I totally could. When this jam starts funky as hell about three minutes and then it just dances along slides into our first taste of dreams by Fleetwood Mac with this little tease that's just so I just love Jake's guitar in this it's just it's romantic and dreamy and just all of all of those things They take that and quickly pivot a minute later right into a dance party. And then they go back into Dream. And every single solitary thing about this jam, I am a fan of. I just cannot say enough about this version of Syncopated. Then they have the little lyrical part of Dreams. And they just, the ending of this, after they finish singing that, you know, the the part of Dreams... And then, you know, slides so smoothly, smoothly right back into syncopated. This whole song is just sexy as hell. And again, it's another one of those, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, where you get this big, beautiful jam adventure. And then those Bayless lyrics. I mean, just listen to this. I mean, the whole Portland show is so good. You know, you should listen to the whole show. But definitely... This syncopated 100% needs to be listened to. Remind me, coming up next, that descends onto its journey about three minutes and continues to adventure on until coming down about six minutes, just for a little bit before continuing on. And before 10 minutes in, it gets really dark, ominous, heavy, 
And then it heads into the sex metal part of the song. Love that part of the song, too. Just love the aggression that comes with that. Nemo next. And honestly, it's quite a baby. Coming in at only like three minutes. But for good reason. Because they're going to take it into Great American. Last played at summer camp 2018 on May 27th. I... Love Great American. Nice to see this one make an appearance again. Andy and Chris in this one are killing it yet again. And Joel begins to take us on this beautiful journey that unfolds and explodes into this gorgeous jam that is so full of energy and light. Then stepping right back into Great American I'm so glad they play that tune, and I hope we get at least one more this year. I hope that's not the only time we see that, because it's a great tune. I love Joel on that one. Girlfriend is Better by the Talking Heads. This one only covered 28 times. Last time done, March 1st, 2017 in Sandpoint, Idaho. So it's definitely been a little bit since we've seen that one. This one features Scott Metzer on guitar and Jake on keys. Scott Metzer, hopefully I said your last name right, if you did not know, has played with Phil Lesh and Friends and has been with Joe Russo's Almost Dead since 2013. They close out this first set with an always dancey cemetery walk to, so making this first set a delicious cemetery walk sandwich. An unfinished bridgeless opens the second set that heads this very interesting direction in its jam about 11 and a half in, then does come down and then dance skips into It Doesn't Matter. This one is another personal highlight for me from this show. This song shows no signs of slowing down. This one has matured so much in, you know, it's year, a little over a year life. It has just become this full grown being at this point. This one gets the Wild West treatment in its jam. And before I go any further, I do want to mention on Instagram, Umphrey's Rock Show, they have the best posts. If you are not following them, you really should. You will not be disappointed with their content. I will link them in the show notes so that you can uh, follow their page. The most recent post included, well, the most recent post at the time of this recording, I mean, they post, you know, daily, um, but the most recent post at the time of this recording included this part of the It Doesn't Matter jam that I'm talking about from four and a half in to about seven minutes. They have the movie uh, Django with uh, Jamie Foxx, Quentin Tarantino. So it's a scene from that movie with this jam, and it's amazing. They've done it with other uh, clips of things that they found on YouTube or whatever with different jams. And it's some of them are really hilarious, and some of them are just like, fuck, man, yeah, that's like spot on. But definitely give them a follow because you're not going to be disappointed with their content and I think we all need some really good content in our in our news feed so definitely give them a follow um this one starts to change direction and heads down an interesting and eclectic path and they come back to that same old wild west style jam about 12 minutes in and then it starts to billow and grow and expand forging back into It Doesn't Matter, like I said, that song has just become quite the beast uh, and definitely a highlight for me. So, you know, give that one a listen for sure. Before going into Ringo, Bayless men- mentions the bus trouble that they had had in Albany, resulting in them almost not making it to Portland and having to get another bus. That was actually designed and previously owned by Kenny Rogers. That is very cool. Very cool. The Ringo Jam that starts to lift off about eight and a half in features Jake on keys. And we see the appearance of a Pooh Doggy Jam. Last time we saw that was at the 
Canopy Club show, I believe, just off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember, um, in October, I believe it was like October 18th or 19th. I'll link that in the show notes as well. A Meaty's Phil Sandwich coming up in the tail end of this second set. Bayless bringing back the sexy fills from July 5th, 2018, Red Rocks. And I will link the original sexy fills in the show notes. And I will also throw the pot episode where I talked about that in there as well. Bayless getting really dirty with this one, even throwing in there, I'm going to take your pants off tonight. I think it's very interesting that they brought this back. I really did not think that we would ever see this impromptu lyrical stew again. It was my understanding that the first time that he did this at Red Rocks, it was completely off the top of his head. Um, So I am really surprised to see it here. Um, But I do like the jam that, you know, that's going on behind him while he's doing these lyrics. The dirtiness and the griminess from Joel and Jake I I love it. I I love that jam that they've got going there. So hopefully they can they can do something with that. And they take it and segue it really nicely into seasons, which is I don't want to say surprising. I guess I never really thought of it that way, but now that it's been done, it's like that makes perfect sense. I like how they've sandwiched this song, and obviously they did this to see where this one can expand in the setting. I, you know, these two songs go really well together and it's going to be really interesting to see where they sandwich seasons in the future. They go into the conclusion of Phil's to close out the second set. Encore with a full band wait around and the huge conclusion of Bridgeless that opened the second set to close out the whole show. And I will say that although I was at the Albany show, so of course there's always that certain energy when you're there opposed to listening to it, but honestly, I think that Portland was the best of these three nights. And of course, everything um, from this show will be linked in the show notes, so you can check it all out. That's it for this week's episode of The Pod. Anything that I reference throughout the show can be found in the show notes, and I encourage you to check out the show's website. That information is in the show notes as well. There's a blog on there, advertising information, where you can find any info about upcoming meetups, and one convenient place where you can find all of The Pod episodes. Any questions or comments about anything Feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys and learning anything new about Umphreys or even podcasting. I'm super new to this still and learning as I go, so always looking for advice. I hope to run into some of you at the Brooklyn shows, and if you see me, don't be shy. Come and say hey. I love to meet new people, give hugs, high fives, whatever. And thank you so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.